You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. This morning, I want to talk about another one of our partners. It's Compassion. You guys might have been to a concert. You might say, oh, I've already heard about Compassion. But this morning, I truly feel God has you here for a reason. God has you watching online for a reason, and that is to change a life. And so I'm going to just share a little bit, and then we got this awesome guest speaker um, that, that we're going to get to, I'm excited to introduce you to, and just to hear her stories, and to hear stories this morning. First story is the first trip that I took to Africa. Um, it, it was, we didn't have any kids yet, I think it was 2002 maybe, 2005, and I went to Africa, Zimbabwe, Africa, and when, shortly after we got there, about a day after we got there, there was this little girl that was peeking around at me. Her name is Susan. And Susan was uh, at, at the homestead, and so many people came and went at this homestead. It was like the central part of the village is where I was staying, and where my little hut was. And, and I noticed that Susan was constantly watching me. She'd be hiding behind a tree, hiding behind someone's legs. And finally, I went out, and I gave her a little piece of candy, which is what you're supposed to do to kids when you're a stranger. And I gave him candy, and, and she was excited. And from then on, Susan and I were inseparable. That whole week, Susan followed me everywhere. When I'd wake up in the morning, I'd come out my hut, she was there waiting for me. When I went to bed, um, she was the last one to say goodnight to me. Um, I don't know if she slept outside my hut or if she went back home, uh, but she was with me all the time. The first day, uh, it was time, they were getting ready for dinner, and she grabbed my hand, and she took me uh, behind the master hut and where they were getting the chickens ready, and they, and they uh, killed the chicken. And she was so excited to show me, and so I, I was trying to make her feel good, so I was like, oh, that's neat. Apparently, she thought it was, I was so excited every single day she took me to see them prepare our dinner. It was not the most enjoyable thing, but I'd be excited for Susan. And Susan and I were inseparable. As I asked around, I came to find out why Susan was always near me. She didn't have a family to be around. Her parents and, and siblings had all passed away, and Susan was an orphan. And she stayed with an aunt and uncle, but mostly no one kept track of Susan. This little nine-year-old girl. No one even cared about her. And so as we transition to talk about compassion, I'm excited to tell you about our opportunity to care for Susan. Uh, There's a passage that I want to share to you and share with you, one that you probably have heard before if you've been around church. And and if you haven't, I I hope this passage brings new life to you as you hear this. It's from the book of Mark, chapter 10. Says people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Few times do we get to read scripture and actively live it out. In that, in that current moment, on that current day, that we can come across something and actually do this, living this out. And this passage and this day is one of those moments. And when you got this story, you got Jesus, and he's got the crowds around him, right? And, and everyone's trying to clamor close to him uh, to hear his wisdom, to get healed. And in amongst the crowds of adults, the important people are some kids, and there's mothers that are trying to get, their, get this rabbi to bless their child, to give a blessing. And, and in this culture, kids were seen as second tier, 
right? Kids are, are loud and kids are, are wild. Kids are sticky. There's all these things about children that, that would be less than a desirable to send to this rabbi. And so the disciples, I think their hearts were good. They were trying to get rid of the kids and, and just make way for the important people, make way for the adults. There's only three times in Scripture that we see Jesus is upset. One said the Pharisees, one said the money changers in the temple, and this time at his own disciples. Many times throughout Scripture, we see the disciples didn't get what Jesus was saying. Many times throughout Scripture, we see the disciples arguing amongst themselves on who's most important. All these things that I would think Jesus would get mad at them, and he never does. But when does he get upset? When they keep the children from Jesus. We have an opportunity with compassion to live out this passage, to bring the children to him. Uh, I share about compassion because this is an organization that I have a huge heart for. Uh, Sarah and I have been sponsoring children through compassion since, since she was 16. She started doing this. And we've been supporting ever since. Even when we were missionaries in Taiwan, we made hardly any money. This is one of the few things that we've refused to let go of. And so we've been sponsoring children ever since. And, and I truly believe we've been bringing the children to Jesus. Compassion, uh, we got to go on a compassion trip and go see what they do. And, and I can tell you the $38 a month, well, you might seem, oh, well, how much of that's going to the overhead? And can $38 really do anything? I saw firsthand, $38 pays for their uniform and their school tuition. $38 gives them food. $38 gives them medical treatment that the other children don't get to prevent them from dying from a disease that they shouldn't have to die from. $38 gives them a, an opportunity to come every day to the church that Compassion's partnering with to learn about Jesus. $38 changes eternity. When I came back from Africa, I'll admit, I really struggled. Like, I, guilt is a, a driving force for me anyways, and, and so I, I really struggled when I came back. Like, I went to the grocery store, and I remember going to the grocery store in Africa where the shelves were bare, and here I had an entire row of cereal. And I was there with Sarah, and I just started crying because I just felt guilty. I was like, why should we have all this? And then I read a book by Wes Stafford, who was the president of Compassion International several years ago, and it's called Too Small to Ignore. And in that, he shared something that completely opened my eyes. He, told, he talked about the idea of enough. Poverty is when you don't have enough. That there is kids in, in that, such as Susan, she doesn't have enough love in her life. She doesn't have enough food. She doesn't have enough medical care. She doesn't have enough. And, and I look at me, and, and in America, I'm feeling guilty because we have cereal, but this is our society, and it's okay to go buy cereal. It's what I had to realize that it was when I was living in the more than enough. Did I need to have five different cereals and take them all? It was when I was living in the more than enough that I needed to work through. I didn't need to feel guilty about having enough. I didn't need to feel guilty about having enough of a home with a shelter and a yard and a little dog. I didn't need to feel guilty about having enough clothing or enough to eat. But the question is, did I have more than enough? And was I willing to, to care for a Susan? Was I willing to care for a compassion child out of that area of more than enough? So this morning, we're going to have an opportunity. We got compassion children all lined up on these front tables. We got 120 kids in here. 
120 individual lives. Are we willing to change their life out of our more than enough? Sometimes uh, this compassion talk, if you've been to one, they talk about the sacrifice, and, and for $38, that's just a meal, a family meal out, you could not eat this week, and, or $38 is a few less coffees, and, and that's all true, and maybe that's the, the avenue that you'll want to go and just be like, hey, we're going to eat at home one more time. We're going to drink water when we go out to eat instead of getting sodas. We're gonna, I'm going to cut this out to be able to make this $38, and that might be what we need to do is have a sacrifice, but also... I truly believe God will provide. That if you are faithful to say, I'm going to change a child's life, an eternity, God will be faithful and provide. And if we step out in faith to follow him. The other thing that I've heard sometimes with compassion or with any child sponsorship program is really, what does my one child make a difference? I want to tell you about another kid. His name is Sebastian. I think we have a picture of Sebastian. Sebastian's this little boy in Ecuador. Sarah and I had, <clears throat> she had a big birthday a couple of years ago. And I said, what do you want to do? We could go anywhere. And I was hoping that we'd go to like the beach or something uncool. She said, I want to go see my compassion child. And then I felt really guilty, like I was saying. It's like, I would never even thought of that. And, <clears throat> and I was like, okay. And so we, <clears throat> we got tickets and we went to Ecuador. And we have several compassion children and we got to see Kevin and Sebastian. Sebastian. And Sebastian is this cute little kid. He's the same age as, as my third child, uh, Henry. And Sebastian's six years old, and he was fun. And we, we went to a park with him and his mom, and we played soccer, and then we went to a food court and ate. And while we were eating, we came to find, learn more about Sebastian. Sebastian has a weird disease where his brain isn't growing at the proper rate. And in any other normal child in Ecuador that wasn't, didn't have medical care, Sebastian would die by the age of 10. But because of compassion, they were able to find out what was wrong with him. And there's one doctor in all of Ecuador, and that doctor's in Quito. And Sebastian lives on the shore several hours on a bus ride away from Quito. And there's one doctor that knows how to handle this. And so Sebastian has been going to that doctor every few months because he's supported by compassion. Compassion covers his bus fare and gets him to this doctor. And his mom cried as she said, thank you. You're the reason my boy gets medical care. You're the reason he's going to live. So my eyes started filling up with tears. And so we, we realized one person, one child does make a difference. When I left Africa that first trip, I had Susan, I think we got Susan and Sebastian here, my eyes filled with tears because the reason Susan's an orphan, uh, AIDS has come into her home. Her dad brought it in, into the home and gave it to his, her mom, and her mom through childbirth gave it to all the kids, including Susan. And she was the only one still living. Like I said, this was 2005, and I know I couldn't go see Susan today because she didn't have anyone that was able to step up and take care of her. And when I left Africa, my heart just broke and I cried. And I told Sarah all about it. I was like, I wish it was something we could do for Susan. But there wasn't. There wasn't a program for her. And I still had tears when I boarded the plane in Ecuador. But this time it was tears of joy. As I told Sarah, I'm so glad we get to do something for Sebastian. Sebastian's story is not going to be the same as Susan's. So these are my connection with compassion. These are my stories of Susan and Sebastian. 
but where Susan was not part of compassion and Sebastian was, and the two different paths that these kids would be, these kids would follow. But I am excited this morning to introduce you to a more personal story. We have a guest speaker from from Kenya. Her name is Cecilia, and Cecilia, if you want to come on up, she was a part of Compassion, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce Cecilia's last name. Um, I asked her it earlier, and I got lost. And so um, I'll have Cecilia introduce herself, but um, I am so excited to hear from Cecilia and for you guys to hear about her amazing story. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try to hold myself together. He had me crying over there. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Well, my name is Cecilia Nyamwanda. And it's such a joy and an honor to be here um, this morning. When you were sharing about Susan and Sebastian, I put myself in their pictures there because um, many years ago, that was me. And um, if you can put the first picture up, you would see what. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, that's me. <laughs> I'm so grateful uh, to be here this morning. I am originally from Kenya. Um, I will tell you a little bit about my story. And I'm grateful because, um, as Pastor Matt has said, we serve a God who changes stories. We serve a God who changes lives. I'm here today because of $38 a month. I'm here today because someone gave me hope. Someone gave me a chance to have a future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I grew up in a large family of initially 10 children. My parents didn't have a source of income. What they did was subsistence farming, meaning they grew things on the farm. If anything grew, then we had food. If nothing grew on the farm, there was no food. So we had several months where there was nothing to eat. We had time where there was food, there was time that there was no food. My parents didn't go to school, so they did not see the need to put any of us in school or even to emphasize us having an education. To add on to that, um, they were alcoholics. So many times um, they would disappear from home. They would go drinking somewhere. We would not know where they were. And when they came back home, they would be fighting and a lot of violence back home. I remember many times uh, when my father would come back home, you could hear him from a distance and would run and hide because if you met with him, you would get a beating for no reason. So that was our family. Um, we were known as that family where our parents were always fighting. They were never there. Sometimes you'd wake up and ask yourself, where are our parents today? What are we going to eat today? You see other children going to school and you ask yourself, are we ever going to go to school? But I'm so grateful to God because he changes stories. 
One day, uh, my uncle came home, my mother's brother, and he told my mom that things cannot go on like this in this family. I'm going to do, I'm going to help you. And how was he going to do that? He said, I'm going to take one of your children. I'm going to go with this child to Nairobi, because my uncle lived in Nairobi, which is the capital of Kenya. And he told her, I'm going to put this child in school, and I hope that one day this child will come back and change this family. You can guess which child he picked, right? Where I come from, names are very important. He picked me because I shared a name with my grandmother, that's his mother. So he said, I'm going to take this one. And true to his word, he took me, went with me to Nairobi, and he put me in school. But he could not keep me in school. Um, education back in Kenya is not free. Uh, we would go to school every morning, and since I've not finished paying my tuition money, they would send me home to go and look for that money. I would leave and go home, and I know that there's no money at home. So I would go stay home for several days. My uncle would find a little money. I would go to school. The, then uh, the money is not enough. Go back home and look for some more. I go back home. I know there's no money, so I'll stay again. So back and forth, back and forth, and I really, really desired to stay in school. One day, my grade three teacher heard that the compassion social workers were coming to our school because they were looking for needy children. And she forwarded my name to the compassion social workers when they came to our school. And getting into the compassion program was not automatic in that, those days. They would come to your home, the social workers would come to the home and make sure that indeed there was a need before they could enroll you into the compassion program. So they came, they interviewed my aunt and my uncle, and I got enrolled into the compassion program around the age of nine, and that is when my life began to change. I got wonderful sponsors, Bob and Colleen Staggs. Next slide, please. Bob and Colleen Staggs changed my life. They spoke hope to me. If you have sponsored children today, my encouragement to you is to write to them because those letters are the reason that I'm standing here today. Many times in my life when things got so tough and I felt like giving up, I had those letters from my sponsors, those letters that were speaking life to me, that they were telling me how much they loved me, how much they were praying for me, how much they believed in me. When things were so hard and I almost gave up, I would take those letters and spread them out and read them one by one, one by one. And I would say, I did not understand why someone I had never met before in my life who lives so far away would care for someone like me. Someone who did not even have hope, someone who didn't even think I would have a future. But here they were encouraging me every time. I'm so grateful for Bob and Colleen Starks because as Pastor Matt shared, going to the Compassion Program every Saturday, because we go to school Monday to Friday, we go to the project every Saturday. 
That is where we would learn the word of God. That is where we would play with the other children and forget about all our problems back home. That is where I would go if there was no food at home. I go to the project and get some food and take it back home. That is where I learned that God cared about me. That I could give my life to Christ and he would take care of everything else. I gave my life to Christ because I heard about Jesus at the Compassion Project. And that was the best decision I could have ever made because I learned there that I could pray that God would change our family, that I could pray that my parents would stop drinking, that I only wanted them to stop drinking. That was it because when they stopped drinking, then they would not fight. And that's what I was praying for. As I stand here today, I am grateful to God because he did change the story of our family. My parents stopped drinking. My parents started going to church, and that was something I never thought was ever possible. I stand here today because of Bob and Colin Starks, that through their sponsorship, I was able to stay in school. Through their sponsorship, I was able to get medical care. Um, as he was sharing about Susan and he was sharing about Sebastian, I was like, that was me. That was our family. We could not go to a hospital. In Kenya, if you go to a hospital and you don't have money up front, nobody will take care of you. If you cannot afford it, you're not going to get any help. We have people dying in the waiting room because they're waiting for someone to send them some money so they can even get checked or they can even get admitted. I lost two of my brothers to diseases that were preventable, but we could not afford to take them to the hospital when they got sick. My mom always gave birth at home because she could not afford to go to a hospital. And during one of those times, we lost a sibling, uh, my sister, when my mom was giving birth to her at home. So I know what it means to be able to just get that medical care when you need it. And that is the reason I'm here today. When I was young, I had malnutrition because we were not eating well. And even when we had food, it was not the right kind of food. So I, even, I had health challenges. But I'm grateful that when I got into the compassion program, I was able to get medical care. I was able to stay in school. I'm grateful to God because I was able to go to high school through compassion. And I got into the leadership development program uh, where I got to do my bachelor's degree in physics at the University of Nairobi. From there, God opened an opportunity for me to go to Italy for two years to pursue a postgraduate diploma in physics. And then I came to Memphis, Tennessee uh, in 2011 to pursue a doctorate degree in geophysics, which by the grace of God, I completed in December of 2015. I share this because, because God is faithful. Through the sponsorship, my sponsors told me, um, the picture that you saw of me and my sponsors, next slide please. When I came to uh, Memphis, Tennessee, uh, I reached out to my sponsors, the other one, uh, number four. 
I came, uh, my sponsors drove from Ames, Iowa to Memphis, Tennessee to come and visit me. And that was just a time for me to say thank you. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for helping me be the person that I am today. And they told me they have not stopped sponsoring because they have seen what compassion has done in my life. This picture here uh, was taken in um, 2012. My husband and I drove to um, Ames, Iowa from Memphis. And here I am sitting at my sponsor's kitchen table reading my letters. They had a folder name, with the name Cecilia, with all the letters that they had ever received from me, all the pictures that they had, uh, that had ever been sent to them by compassion. And there I was going through my letters and seeing all the things I used to write and all the things I used to draw and paint. They had them there, and that was really, really special for me. So today, as I wind up, I just want to say that God is good. God is faithful. Every child on this table today has a story. Every child on this table today is waiting for someone to speak hope to them. My family, uh, my next last slide, please. My husband and my daughter, uh, she's now five, so she's very active. Um, my, our family now, we are also sponsors with Compassion. Uh, we've had our second child uh, with Compassion now because I know what it means to be this child right here, waiting for someone to pick you up and speak hope to you. Uh, I started an uh, organization in Kenya uh, for Kenyan women in physics. To, it's a mentorship program that encourages upcoming uh, girls and ladies to pursue STEM uh, science subjects. And we do this every two years. We have a mentorship program. And it's just amazing um, what God can do when you entrust everything to him. I'm grateful to God because God changed my family. My parents knowing Jesus was the greatest gift for me. And why do I say that? Um, my dad passed away um, last year, September. And um, just being able to go home and see how different things were back then and how things were now is something that I give God all the glory for. And I'm grateful because God used compassion, not just to change my story, but to give our family that hope that indeed he is the one who raises us up and he is the one that we need to trust in every circumstance. God is good, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here today to share with you that all these children here today, they can be a Susan, a Sebastian, a Cecilia, who will one day stand here and say, thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for speaking life to me, that I'm here today because one day you picked that packet as Colleen and Bob Staggs, my sponsors, picked a packet and said they were looking for a boy a boy who shared a birthday with their grandson. They took my packet home. You saw my first picture, I had short hair, right? So they thought they had a boy, but they decided not to return that packet. 
they decided to sponsor me. And I'm grateful because of that choice that they made. And today, we are changing lives because of a Bob and a Colleen. We are changing lives because of a Pastor Matt. We are changing lives. We have so many Compassion alumni in Kenya and all over the world who are changing their homes because someone picked us up one day and gave us that hope. So as I wind up today, I'm going to, uh, we're going to show you a video. And um, thank you so much for the time that you've given me. I'll be here uh, after the service. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask me, and I'll answer you in the best way possible. God bless you so much. Thank you.